Let's get some insights on the news shaping from the markets and looking right now to Kevin Gordon, senior investment strategist at Charles Schwab. First and foremost, this jobs report from Friday. Yeah. Um, is there any sort of hangover? I mean, that, that number, when you see over 500,000 jobs added, I think everybody just got this whammy they weren't expecting. Yeah, I mean, well, the highest estimate on the street was, I think, 320. Yes. So even with, and then, you know, the, the average was, I think, in the 180 to 190 range. So it's definitely a surprise. I mean, there's a couple of things, as always, with the January report. You get benchmark revisions for the prior year. Um, you had pretty large, upwardly revised uh, estimates mm -hmm. for 2022. Um, that kind of two and a half to three million worker hole actually for the, for the last year that had been estimated by economists but also Fed officials had actually been cut by a third, which is good news for workers, um, but makes it a little bit tougher, I think, for the Fed in their, in their uh, you know, kind of job and trying to track inflation and wage pressure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a massively great report for, for the economy um, right. with how many jobs were created, the fact that unemployment moved down, the fact that wages started to ease uh, or continued to ease um, a bit. I would say they were revised upward in the prior month. So makes it still a little difficult, I think, for the Fed, because even if you look at average hourly earnings growth on a three or a six month annualized basis, it's off the peak. It's trending down, um, but it's still kind of firm in that four and a half percent range. So I think that's probably going to be the sticking point for the rest of the year, in addition to headwinds on growth and, and earnings season. And I know we'll touch on that. But um, from the labor side, you know, still an incredibly tight labor market. And it just it wasn't just the jobs report that had confirmed that it was initial jobless claims moving yeah. back lower. It was a turn higher in job openings from the JOLTS report. So you still have a lot of supplemental uh, data um, in addition to non-farm payrolls that's suggestive of, of a labor market that's still tight. And there's pressure on the Fed to not let off the gas because yeah. if they mess this up and inflation becomes entrenched and you know they sort of let up too easily I mean even from the IMF I heard one of the representatives today saying mm -hmm. exactly that um, it's just it's an ongoing fight and they need to rein it in and there was thought that maybe even in March they could put it do a pause if they needed to but after what we got this week no way yeah and I we'll mean, see what right? Powell what says about the next meeting I think people yeah, are already absolutely. looking to May for a hike yeah and, and we'll see what Powell says tomorrow and if he if there's any pushback on it I don't know yeah. how much there would be only because you know they they understand the benchmark revision nature of, of the January data they don't want to just use one month as right. the indicator um, but at the same time the market's adjusting back a little bit up to the terminal rate going back above 5% as of today. Um, so you do have a little bit of an, of an adjustment with yields moving higher, stocks moving a little bit lower. Um, but at the same time, I think that you know the dynamic that the Fed's going to have to confront this year is figuring out you know, how much labor weakness they're actually looking for. And I say that because some of the officials, whether it's Brainerd or Waller, have been a little bit more vocal in recent speeches about saying that we're really happy with where inflation is headed. Um, mm -hmm. We may not need to see as much labor weakness. That hasn't yet been confirmed by Powell, though. So I think that is the next key to look for in the speeches he gives and in the press conferences is how much labor weakness are they expecting. And you know, to some extent, I think you know, we kind of have to wait till probably the middle of the year, middle to right. maybe third quarter to see actually how much labor weakness there will be from their tightening, uh, because we're not even a year past when they did the first initial rate hike uh, in March of last year. So there's a lot more that I think needs to be sifted through um, on the employment front. And we heard from all the, the, the heads of the banks and I think the takeaway was mild recession is yeah. sort of what they're preparing the for. They're putting money aside for, you know, delinquencies on loans and mm -hmm. things like that. Um, but there's this sort of fear that another shoe may drop, right? Because I wonder how quickly things will come in or go out. You know, if there's a recession, maybe it'll be mild, but maybe it'll be deep. Maybe it'll be fast. Yeah. Um, I think that's another element. I mean, because you have, I don't 
don't know, I just was looking. You have every single job category, you know, leisure and hospitality and business services and healthcare and retail and everything is <laughs> it's just piling yeah. up. Uh, granted, we're not where we were. We're 500,000 fewer jobs that in leisure and hospitality yeah. than we had been pre-pandemic. Yeah, still a big gap. But, you know, I'm just sort of waiting for this volatility. Yeah, I think everybody is. And, you know, sometimes um, this, this process just takes longer. And I think, you know, yeah. we're, this is just the nature of dealing with the kind of the after effects of the pandemic. Um, the fact that this was really a, an inflation issue born in the goods sector, um, then it became an inflation issue that, you know, moved over to the services side. And that's now what's happening mm -hmm. in the economy and as it unravels and as it goes through labor. Because even on the labor front, you have, you know, pandemic beneficiary, uh, pa pandemic benefited sectors like tech, um, which are now bearing the brunt of layoffs and joblessness, um, and, but that hasn't yet moved into the broader economy. So that's really the question is, in our view, how much yeah. more of a rolling recession nature do you get of this? And to us, that's the best case scenario, where right. you have rolling recessions, you know, kind of underneath the surface of the headline of the economy, where it doesn't ultimately result in a massive downturn. Um, and I guess that would get you to the mild recession case. Yeah. And, it, and we've had it in the past. I mean, in 2001, short, relatively mild recession, pretty epic in, in assets and uh, asset prices. But from an economic standpoint, it was much more of a cyclical reset than it really was a, you know, a true protracted downturn. And it was right. relatively short. We also have the debt ceiling, and that's mm -hmm. sort of still front and center. As a matter of fact, Bank of America CEO, this is from 37 minutes ago, we're preparing for possible U.S. debt default, basically. Um, what do we, I mean, the, our credibility, are, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. this is something that I just, you know, Beijing is cheering. Why Beijing is cheering on U.S. debt ceiling fight. I mean, what's going on here and why does it matter to folks? Well, it's a, well, it matters because of yeah. what you're talking about, the credibility. Yeah. But, I th you know, it's still early days. I was talking to Mike Townsend, who heads up our, our Washington analysis about this. And he, he was mentioning how, you know, it's really never been talked about this early. I mean, we're very early still phases of, of until we get to that deadline. Um, right. So there's that aspect. But, you know, a lot of it is the political theater aspect and kind of going right. back and forth. And, it's a, you know, it's a hot season as it has been, I think, yeah. for the past few years now, maybe more than that. Um, but, you know, so less worried from about an equity market perspective, yeah, I, I probably wouldn't pay as much attention from a default perspective until we get closer to the date. Then it'll, you know, become a lot more maybe treacherous. Um, but as has always been the case, right. usually it's been a lot more rhetoric, you know, less of a bite itself. Got it, got yeah. it. Let's talk about earnings season so yeah. far. We had so many of these mega cap tech stocks reporting. Um, Meta, incredible. Others came under pressure. Um, what's your takeaway from what we've seen in earnings overall? Yeah, so a lot of it, uh, by virtue of base effects, is going to be almost the reverse of what happened last year, where, as you were mentioning, large cap growth names and large cap tech will start to look a little bit better this year because yeah. of comparisons. It's a little bit of a reverse story for the cyclicals, mainly energy, because it had such strong earnings growth last year, triple-digit percentage gains. Now that's reversing going into negative territory this year. I think underneath the facade of that is actually interesting because when you look at the large just cuts to revisions and estimates going forward. It's been in large cap growth. It has not been in cyclicals. So even though you have headline earnings strength diverging between the two groups, better for tech and, and large cap growth, I'll just call it, and worse for cyclicals, you have a, still a pretty strong fundamental underpinning for the cyclical oriented parts of the economy. So that's just a, a way I would view this right. earnings season because you are starting to get you know pretty massive beats for, for some companies, but at the same time, the bar has been lowered. Uh, you know, by right. an incredible amount. Right. I mean, when you look at revisions. So it's not as bad as it could have been. Exactly. Or whatever, I mean, estimates right? have been cut at almost a record pace going back in the data. So you have to kind of yeah. keep that in mind, too. Quick thought on the dollar. 
we got to get going, but I just I don't want to leave it out. Yeah. It's at 103 and change today. Yeah, I mean, if it holds it, you know, I, I think it's notable because it's as a component of financial conditions. I mean, we talk about this a lot, but yeah. for me, I'm, I'm really interested in the move this year because if it holds, then that keeps financial conditions still relatively tight in level terms from where they were a year ago. Um, but whether it reaccelerates back to its prior high, that's a pretty it's a pretty tough call. That Unless you like go a into a, and do a protracted recession, then that puts a lot of more upward pressure on the dollar. Um, so right. the case for a mild recession is kind of the case for a dollar kind of holding steady where it is right now. Yeah. Assuming we get that debt ceiling organized. Yes, exactly. <laughs> which we will. Barring which the we debt will, ceiling, we yeah. Will. Um, I agree. There always is a lot of political theater. It's always nice to see you. Good to Thank see you, Nicole. you. Yeah. Kevin Gordon, Senior Investment Strategist of Charles Schwab.